Thank you for listening to In Good Faith, the Central Reformed Church Sermon Podcast. This week's sermon is titled, Pray Then in This Way, Give Us This Day. It is based on Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. It was delivered on Sunday, March 12, 2023, by Pastor Steve Pierce. Okay, so we are in the Gospel of Luke this morning, Luke chapter 11. We are moving away from the Matthew 6 reading, and we are looking at the Lord's Prayer as it is described to us in Luke 11, verses 1 through 8. But I'd like to add verses 9 through 13 with your permission. Listen now for the word of God. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you had a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from a window, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock. And the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If then you... If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there's a humorous story about a dinner party taking place in a home for a church group and the pastor was invited and the pastor was also invited to say the blessing uh, before the meal. Turning to the talkative uh, six-year-old in the house, the pastor suggested that maybe she might want to offer that prayer. And the outgoing youngster, now suddenly shy, replied, well, I wouldn't know what to say. 
the pastor said, that's okay, just say what your mommy would say. And with that, the little girl folded her hands, she bowed her head, and she said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people for dinner? (laughs) Well, prayer is a funny thing, especially when our children quote us (laughs) in prayer. But if you're visiting today or you're on your second or third visit um, from previous months, we are in the midst of a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. We're doing this through the season of Lent to deepen our own prayer lives and to find ways to trust God and to rely on him more deeply in our own spiritual journey. But we're doing this together and today we find ourselves confronted with human need. Give us this day our, our daily bread. Uh, so we're invited to ask, to seek, to knock on the door of God's mercy until our daily provisions are satisfied. Now some of us might look at the Lord's Prayer and this part of it in particular and say this is rather superfluous. None of us here in this room is really too worried about where our next meal might be coming from, but there might be one or two, there might but for the majority of us, we're, we're not too concerned about where we're going for lunch. We have options. And the fact that we can even think about options for what we're going to eat, it might be a blackened salmon Caesar salad, or it might be pasta, or gnocchi, or spaghetti, or a steak. The fact that we can even think about options for lunch means we're blessed. So some might say, give us this day our daily bread is a bit superfluous. After all, we're not living under the same conditions as those first century Palestinians who were farmers and who were always relying on the year's harvest for their very existence. No, we're not Palestinian farmers. But the people surrounding Jesus that day knew exactly what it was to be in need. And many of them were just a few heartbeats away from starvation. So these words became a lifeline for them. Today we pray for daily bread because it reveals to us that God is concerned with our daily pressing needs, whatever that may be. For the Palestinian farmer, it was bread. And so that became God's concern. Our need today may not be for bread, but it could be just as critical. Some of us are dealing with some pretty serious things. Some of us are lonely. Some of us are just downright bitter. Some of us are angry. Some of us are dealing with things that only the Lord Jesus can heal us from. And as it's been said, anything worth worrying about is worth praying about. Today, Jews pray in Hebrew, Baruch Atah Adonai Oleheinu Melech HaOlam Hamotzi Lechem Min Haaretz Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe who brings forth bread from the earth. And when they pray that, they pray that in faith, remembering exactly what the Jews had gone through in ancient times. They remember how God provided in the past. They remember that God does so in the present and will continue to do so in the future. They remember that when the Israelites were delivered from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, they thought 
that things were going to be better. Their ballads of freedom, however, soon turned to givers of grievance. Water and food were scant in the wilderness, and it wasn't long before some of them started to complain and say, you know what, maybe going back to Egypt wouldn't be such a bad idea. At least there we had food. The wilderness can do that to people, especially when you've been out there for months, years. And so it was God who provided for them in those arid lands. At twilight, quail disembarked. And at dawn, manna appeared. And while the white-like wafer with a honey-like taste kept the people from starving to death, it came with a condition. It was daily bread. They were to collect only what they could eat that day. If they took more than they needed, what happened? It turned into bread infested with worms. They could not hoard for tomorrow what was meant to be consumed today. God would provide for them as they inched their way closer and closer to the promised land. Now it's been said that when the gods wish to punish us, they give us everything that we want and then some. All you have to do is look at people who win the lottery or look at famous people today. Look at world leaders. Uh, What do they look like? They look like they're tired of winning. They're exhausted from getting everything they want beyond their immediate daily need. Trapped by their own success, the fun and excitement of having everything loses its allure and it turns out to not really be worth it after all. And when we look into the past, our own and that of other people, it's hard not to see how trivial the things are that we so passionately pursue. But what if we don't see it? Uh, What if we don't realize that it's not that meaningful until after we've given up everything for it? After we've traded our marriage or our principles or even our youth to get it? What we see is that reality is then shaped by our worst nightmare. This is true of the prodigal son in Luke 15 when he asked for his father's inheritance. The avarice of it all led him straight to the pigsty. We we saw it with TV evangelist Jim Baker and the PTL satellite network when it crashed and burned. Baker said this in disgrace. He said, He said, I came to realize such greedy self-centeredness gets a lot of people in the pen, the pig pen, including myself. I believed in the prosperity gospel. I told people, when you want a new car, claim it in prayer and be sure to specify the options and the colors you want. Oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Reminds me of the book Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison when the character Jack says, Now you're free of illusions. And then the question, How does it feel to be free of illusions? And the protagonist can only respond this way painful and empty. That's like saying we are nearly blessed to not get everything that we want, 
to not be allowed our petty, passionate longings because we're permitted to continue in ignorance. Think about it. We don't have to do the hard work. We don't have to do any introspection. You don't even have to look in the mirror. You can just exist. But instead of hiding behind fate's protection, or instead of continuing to lie to ourselves that having more than our daily need is what leads to happiness, the Lord's Prayer teaches us to come to God in a spirit of humble dependence, trusting God for the bread, trusting God for the help, trusting God for the sustenance that we need daily. You are really not given a license to request great riches, but we are encouraged to make our needs known to God and to trust that God will provide. So after the Korean War, South Korea was left with a large number of children who had been orphaned by the war. Now we're seeing the same thing play out in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. We saw that play out with Bosnia, we, we saw it with the Vietnam War, and we, we, we've seen it in many, many other places. But in the case of Korea, relief agencies came in immediately to deal with the problems that arose in connection with having so many orphaned children, especially children living in orphanages. Even though the children had three meals a day provided for them, they were restless and anxious and had difficulty sleeping. As they talked to the children, they soon discovered that the children had great anxiety about, about whether they would have food the next day. To help resolve this problem, the relief workers in one particular orphanage decided that each night when the children were put to bed, the nurses there would place a single piece of bread in the child's hand. It was not to be consumed. It was simply intended to be held by the children as they went to sleep. It was a security blanket for them, reminding them that there would be provision for their daily needs. Sure enough, that one piece of bread calmed the children and they could sleep through the night. Are we any different? I mean seriously. Are we any different than the children in those beds at night who are worried about what will happen tomorrow? No. And so we take comfort in knowing that our physical needs are met. That we have food and bread for our daily needs. Notice the prayer isn't, Lord, give me this day what I want. If only. It's give us this day our daily bread. So there's a knock on, on the door in the midnight hour. Like the neighbor in the scriptures, we are prone to say, don't bother me. The door's locked. Children are sleeping. Uh, the animals are all settled. The dog is in the crate. I can't get up and give you anything without troubling this whole place. Why don't you, why don't you go home until another day? Meanwhile, the answer to their prayer might be sitting in our cupboard 
or it might be in our checkbook. The questions I keep asking myself based on this part of the prayer is when are we going to learn to trust the one who provides for us as we march through our own wildernesses? When are we going to trust the one who claimed to be the bread of life, that whoever comes to him will never be hungry, that whoever believes in him will never be thirsty? When will we learn to trust the one who is the sustainer of all things, who reminds us of everything Jesus taught and all of his miracles? Jesus invites us to pray, give us this day our daily bread and let him satisfy our needs. For in him the restless soul is at rest, the hunger is sated, and the thirst for life is quenched. We who are blessed become a blessing. And instead of praying at dinner, Lord, why did I invite all these people over? We pray, thank you, God that we can gather in your most holy name. And thank you, God, that you provide for each and every one of us. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we do give you thanks for these words that we've heard this day. May they, through your grace, be so grafted within our hearts that they bring forth in us the fruits of the Spirit to the honor and praise of your most holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people say, Amen. New to Central? Since 1840, we have been connecting people to God and to one another through scripture, sacrament, song, and service. We are located on the corner of College Avenue and Fulton Street in the Heritage Hill neighborhood of Grand Rapids. We hope you'll give us the opportunity to meet you in person soon. To learn more about our mission, ministries, and the ways you can grow and serve, please visit our website at www.centralreformedchurch.org.